Hello, everybody. Hello. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Two Half Squads. I'm Dave. And I'm Jeff. This is the only podcast dedicated 100% to the greatest game in the world, Advanced Squad Leader. Yes. We think. Episode 292. Yes. We think it's the only podcast. The way their podcasts are proliferating, there may be hundreds of ASL podcasts and we just aren't aware of them. But this is the first. That's true, for sure. Still the, and the best. We're coming up on our 13 year anniversary in about uh, three weeks. Oh, yes, we are. Yeah. Here's yeah. to us. Yes. Cheers. I've got a nice glass of water. Clink and drink. Yeah, clink and drink. That's right. What are you drinking there, Dave? Coffee. I fell asleep in the chair before we started tonight. So I thought. <laughs> Better have coffee. Did you wake up with your mouth open and your tongue's all dry? Uh-huh. <laughs> when I'm driving in the car, I can't. I'm not driving when Laura's driving. Oh, yes, that's better. Always oh, the mouth. Do they make something for that? I, I, I do that on airplanes, but do they make something like a, like, they, I'd call it a Bob Marley. Uh, yes, a Bob, Bob Marley. Do they make something like that so you can tie your mouth shut? Not that I know of, yeah. It would have to blend in, like blend in with the beards, you know. Yeah. No one could tell. Yeah. So you've got a a background there. You want to tell us where you're at and what's I do. Grandpa Al passed away last week early. So uh, I think I raced back home to get mom's house on the meet the realtor at mom's house. And then raced back to Ohio, picked up Laura's brother at the airport in Detroit, and then we came down to Toledo. Had uh, been occupied doing the whole funeral and visitation thing. And this picture is from the visitation. Al was with the, it's Al Mortimer, uh, born June 29, 1934. And he was in the military in the occupation forces in Japan. Interesting. And I don't know what unit. Uh, he was with tank, like tank reclamation, fixing them, repair, like kind of stuff. And when he was getting ready to go over to Korea, the war was ending. But Sapporo, Japan, he was a corporal eventually. And I don't know uh, what unit, but he... I saw all his pictures decade ago um, of the guys hanging around, you know, the camp. And there's one or two in this montage here in this photo in my background. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he, f- I remember him talking about a Japanese lady that he liked. And then he, people said like his, her mom, her dad was in the Japanese mafia and stay away, you know. Yeah. Kind of thing. So and they stayed in the barracks that used to be occupied by Japanese troops. And again, then when they were getting ready to go over to Korea, uh, the Korean War armistice was signed. Must, and, must have been a relief. Yeah. And then he, ended up, you know, discharging normally and coming back home. Yeah. So that's a great picture of him there in the center of that montage. Looked like a handsome fellow. Did he talk much about? that time or did you get he, much yeah it was non-combat um yeah he, he was never hesitant to talk, to talk about it mm. um and so it was good we shared it i don't know where that photo album is i asked 
just last fall, knowing that his health was failing. Yeah. I said, Al, where's that, you know, you got that photo album with the pictures that, in Japan with the Japanese girl and the goat and the barracks. And, and he was like, oh, yeah, I don't, I don't think that's here. I don't know where that is, but uh, I, th I think it's here. I haven't asked mom. I'll wait till, um, you know, things, everyone yeah. adjusts. Right, right. For a while, so. Yeah, that'll take some time. So this is, this is your, this is Laura, your wife's mother's second husband. Right, thank you. Yeah, your, 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 your stepfather. Yeah. Uh, in in step law. Yeah, in yeah. law. Yeah, and great guy. We, uh, he had met Mary in 93, or they got married just before Laura and I did. So I remember we went out to Pennsylvania to see the family out there. And, um, you know, we were both being like introduced to the <laughs> extended family out in Pennsylvania yeah. at the same time. And he was witty and funny. You know, they do this etching on the books. They actually etched this kind of image. This is a bookmark, I think, from like, you know, but it, it's actually this very colorful American flag and a picture of him when yeah. he passed and a picture of him in the service, right? And they, they etched this on the ball that came free with the burial costs. So. Oh, that's amazing. But then you, you bury it in the ground, the whole image. So it's kind of like, oh, interesting. Yeah. You know, but it's amazing, the stuff there. Yeah. So he was a funny guy welcoming to the whole family and... Uh, I'll be missed. I bet he looked, uh, I'm so, sorry for uh, my condolences. Yes. Uh, I bet he looked very smart in that uniform. So oh, I should, should be back home in a couple in a couple days. Oh, good. The town misses you. And uh, when you get back, we'll, I, I got to get over there. We'll play some ASL on your table. Will do. Your new gaming table. So, so yes. Shall we uh, proceed into the show? Uh, sure, unless you have anything you'd like to share. No, just that, just real quickly, um, we finished our game of Space Empires that I was playing. So I, I've been playing this game, Space Empires, with uh, Mike Lemke and Mike Rizzi and Rich Spilkey. So they're obviously a four-player game. And uh, Mike Lemke was uh, destroyed after a few turns. And so when it becomes a three-player game, you know, there's always that ganging up on people possibility. Uh, and Rich was doing a lot to try to take over Mike's abandoned territory after he blew up his home world. And Mike Rizzi was trying to expand into it too. So Rich and Mike Rizzi got into it and they were expending a lot of resources against each other. And I was just kind of sitting off kind of as a third wheel or the fourth wheel on this wagon of three wheels. Anyway. Um, it's a, a tricycle. Yes. But uh, while they were duking it out, I just sort of built up some forces. And, and I got to this point uh, last turn, last time we met. And I thought, well, I can just scoot in here and destroy Rich's world and possibly win the game. And anyway, I'm getting to this because I have such duress over this decision making. Do I want to end the game now? Is Rich going to be mad at me because I go in and he's been working so hard to take over from Mike Rizzi? Is Mike Rizzi going to get mad at me for not just going around and supporting him and keeping the game going? You know, am I being a good guy or am I being a bad guy? Do I like competition or not? 
this I'm a wreck, Dave. Well, I, I, you sounds like it. I am not an easy guy to be gaming with because I I just fall and I get my mind just goes all in a tizzy. I'm just wondering if there's anybody else that has this. I guess I'm not a particularly competitive person. I enjoy the game for the mechanics and for the strategy and for the history that goes along with it, but I'm not aching to win necessarily. I always feel kind of bad when I'm doing well. So, and I've mentioned this before, but and nobody has stepped up and said, Jeff, you're normal. So I'm thinking that I'm not. Well, okay. no, I used to think that somewhat, you know, but not to the extent that I would. Yeah, I think at this point, you just finish the game off. and Yeah, I just kind of did. I mean, I, I took very little beating throughout the game. It's these two guys were beating up each other, and I just sort of walked in the back door and pulled the plug. Oh, good. Excellent. So, yeah. <laughs> anyway, we all learned something and it was fun to play. So. So we have something in the box with two things, actually. But What's in the box? That's the, uh, the brief what, version. What's in the box is from John Bola or Bolog. I forgot how we pronounce his name. Retro. Retro. Is it advanced squad leader? Not exactly. What is retro? What is so retro, I did just a little bit of reading. on You sent me a couple of pages from it the other day, and I thought, I don't even know what this is. What am I looking at here? Why I sent you the cover. You, you sent me the cover. Yeah, the cover. And, and <laughs> it has an explanation in a yeah. half a sentence. So I went and looked it up, and it is, um, it is, a, it is Advanced Squad Leader rewritten with simpler rules, much simpler rules, much, much simpler, simpler rules. If it's not the starter kit either, it's like a full game. And it seems to me that one of the attractions of it, it seems to be very um, acceptable as a solitaire game, solitaire version. So this set of rules, I can't remember, I'll get the guy's name who, who wrote these rules. Um, it's by Minden Games. So it's for people that would like an uh, easier version of ASL. They mentioned the ASL yes. a little bit, but they've talked to it more generally as a good tactical board game that you can, now it doesn't come with any boards or counters or anything. So you have to have that. Gary, Gary Graber? Yep, or yeah. Graber. Yeah, or Graber. Okay. So you have to have a, you know, ASL or something like that. I guess you could use the uh, uh, other systems as well, but mostly yeah, but what people do is I think they're they're using ASL counters and maps. Yeah, because the morale is kind of tied into that. So yeah, um, it struck me as it would be really good for doing a miniatures kind of version of ASL for a guy's night where not everyone coming over may not play advanced squad leader. And so... You know, I've done that before in miniature. Um, it would this seem like a system like, oh, that would be really good for that kind of game. Yeah. You guys don't really know the system. Um, yeah, but retro has a sequence of play. Should I jump in here on the beginning? Yeah. Show me the, or what's on the, they do an explanation of what the game is? Well, no, just a tactical variant, variant rules. For okay. World War II war games. Um, but the, the, 
sequence of play is oh it gets right into it okay there's no defensive firing uh first firing stuff so it goes rally phase movement for one side and i think the let's see in the rally phase at the start of your rally phase you attempt to repair support weapon um and then after repair attempts decide whose phase it is may attempt to rally units so you don't both even rally. So it's like I rally, I move, I fire, and then you fire. And then close combat, which is an advance and a close combat phase all together. And then you okay. flip it. So it's, I think the original squad leader, I don't know if it had the, um, you know, move first fire. I think it did. So, yeah, subsequent fire with residual. That was the newest thing. So this gets rid of that, which is a little more complicated, but yeah. Yeah. Um, and then rallying broken units just roll their morale level or less. And the leaders do modify it. But basically, it's that simple. Keep it simple, stupid, right? What's the number on your counter? Roll that number, which is yeah. normal, but there's no plus for cover and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then in the movement phase, there's this thing called hesitation which is you roll to see if you will move in an open ground hex toward an enemy. So just for open ground, there's this hesitation uh, rule that you yeah, roll for each, each time you move through an open hex, open ground. Yeah, the, just the first open hex that's with a okay. normal range of a non-broken enemy mm -hmm. and a five or less you pass and six or more you halt. And that's on a, that's just, it's gotta be a die roll. Yeah, yeah. one die, one die. Okay. Um, and there's some modifiers, but they're just a list of four or five, maybe six, um, based off morale, and if you're green and if you have a leader. But that's different. So you, it's kind of like pinning, but it ends the move, hesitation, which makes a lot of sense, you know? Wouldn't that that's be a, a, this advanced squad leader, when you're running all these guys against the, open through the open ground toward the house, yeah. Are they all going to chart across that football field length in the open? <laughs> if nobody's shooting at them. Well, this is if you have someone there, normal range, you take this check. Okay. You don't like the idea? I I had a hard time. Uh, the, I haven't seen it explained well. So you have just now explained it to me. I was trying to kind of figure it out last night just from doing a little reading uh, on Board Game Geek, some of the reviews and stuff like that, just to familiarize myself with it. And they speak highly of it, of this hesitation thing on Board Game Geek. I'd say it's very clever and brilliant, but I don't know. I don't see it. Well, Coming in ASL, from, if you have to fail your morale check to break. Yeah. Pin. So it's yeah. A similar, but. Yeah. Yeah, anyway. Um, firing, then there's no prep. So units that have not moved this turn, then fire. It's pretty much normal firepower. So it's like everyone has been asked to do um, the opportunity fire after the movement, and then everyone yeah. fires. There's no halving firepower. There's no uh, spraying fire, area fire, advancing fire. Just all right. Yeah, this is just a simplified system. So, and there's a different thing. If you get a KIA, everyone's eliminated. And then on the chart, there's a K, there's just KIA. There's no K slashes. 
Okay. And there's numbers, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6. And that, if you roll that number, 8, then that means guys with morale of 8 or less, then break automatically. Yeah. Everyone in the hex. Morale all the eight. All the yeah, it just says this is enough firepower to break this level of truth. No half spots. Okay. I know a lot. Some of the so it's, it's not it's not eight and under. It's yeah. just and, and under. And under. Yeah. Okay. 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 Yeah. Yeah. That makes so more sense. You can get you can roll a six or under. It won't affect your first line troops. Yeah. Okay. Um. Close, then there's this advance. Oh, in the defensive fire, your fire is really limited to the nearest enemy, and you must shoot. You must shoot. And you must shoot at the nearest enemy. Okay. Yeah, in the final fire phase. So um, close combat, advance, then you can advance if the next entered hex is not open ground. Um, that would be in the normal range of an unbroken enemy. So they won't let you take an open ground move in normal range of enemy, or it's enemy occupied. Then you advance in. So you can advance into woods, you can advance in the cover, or into a hex with the enemy, okay. and immediately go into close combat, which seems pretty much the same. I mean, it's different, but it's it's similar, simpler again. Yeah. So and then there's a morale section, which kind of has there's a cowering element and a self rally thing and a. Japanese step reduction is covered, but then there's uh, for movement, portaging, everyone can just like, I think it says just carry a support weapon. Your squad, carry a support weapon. Don't worry about the three portage points, four portage points, and don't carry two, just carry one, make it easy. Um, and then machine guns seem pretty much the same. They had a whole, whole list of special of rules for flamethrowers and demolition charges again, simplified. They took out the throwing the D, you know, <laughs> what do you always have to look up? It's not placing the DC. Right. Right. It's throwing yeah. the DC. Oh, right. who gets the plus four? Who gets the plus two? You know, so it's just like, don't, no, nah, don't do it. Just yeah. take it, take it out. Um, Shreks and bazookas with their own little shard. Well, simplified a bit. Okay. Now, smoke is interesting. I, if I'm reading this right, smoke, um, the squad can not, if they moved, uh, well, here's an example. An American squad attempted to move in an open ground hex, but rolled halt, hesitation, and it kept them from moving. So this squad cannot try to lay smoke because they moved or tried to move. Um, and then when you place the smoke, it's your hex or adjacent. Smoke counters stay on the board for three turns and then are removed. Okay. So that's kind of like all the smoke is a OBA smoke or a mortar smoke, not a little hand grenade placed. Right. Yeah. And I was kind of thought the hand grenade placement, I wondered if that was too short of a time span, but I don't, I have no research or experience yeah, I, with smoke. Yeah. Sewer movement rule, real simple. One to four, it's successful. Five or six, it's lost. Lost, you just come up. You don't have to do all this, you know, and then you just emerge. You don't have to worry about all these other factors. So um, concealment in this system. Oh. You can only place it when you're required to by the scenario. They don't affect stacking limits. 
counters in the same hex with concealment may be inspected at any time. I didn't understand that. Um, units that fire into the hex with concealment are half firepower. And then the conceal counter is removed when any unit in the hex moves, halts due to hesitation, fires or is fired upon where they get a result of anything but no effect. So real straight up. Yeah. Right. You moved, you lose it. None of this yeah. assault move in the oak, in the you know, cover, or was it a, you know, and then their experience level rating system is is really different. They take that ELR number and they do it where whenever you get a asterisk check on the chart. Okay, which is the like a low number. Yeah, IFP table, one of the lowest yeah. results you get. Um, you take a check for ELR. The check must be taken even if no other effect occurs to the target hex. Example, a die rolled seven on the eight column is a six asterisk result. So that would not break the eight, uh, seven um, morale guy, but he does take the ELR check. How do you do it? You roll two dice. And if the roll is higher than the side's ELR rating, it must replace one squad in the hex, random determination with the next lower unit. Ah, so okay. It's ELR is now incorporated into the um, IFT table. You're not yes. watching every morale check to see if it's over by that certain number. You know, you're right. not stopping to do the math. You're just, there's the asterisk. Oh, why don't you roll an ELR check? If you roll that number or less on two dice, someone in there is reduced. Um, section on heroes, commissars, berserk. I didn't make any notations on it. And that gets you right up to the vehicles. Did you look at the vehicular rules? Well, I looked at the, uh, the armored combat pages that you sent me. So, and they are pretty simple. Um, I guess there's an, there's a combat armored combat table. Is that right? Yeah. Here's a color version for our YouTube people. Yeah. Okay. So very simple uh, combat table there. And then oh, you- Sorry, so, that was the close combat, sorry. So um, it's very simple. You calculate the range and see, then look on the combat table and see what column you're in. And then you can apply some column shifts, which is similar to ASL. So like if the, if the target is, uh, yeah, very simple combat table there. If the target is large, then it shifts one to the left, so it's easier to hit. Or if the target is attacked from a side or rear, that also shifts to the left. And if it's the target is small, it shifts to the right. And if it's if the target is infantry, it shifts two to the right, so easier to hit. And if the target is um, if there's TEM is negative, you know, and then there's there's a couple of things like that or wooden buildings. Um, there's column shifts. So they really don't have anything as far as nearly as complicated as like case A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P, Q, and R are pretty much non-existent in this. So then you subtract the armor factor uh, from the gun that's firing and roll and see if you can get a two kill number on it. So simple. Um, 
and there's which is kind of nice i guess then there's a there's also a rate of fire and if there's a rate of fire on it it, it attacks again it says a natural 12 die roll on any gun results in no effect plus the gun is out of ammunition for the rest of the scenario american guns however never run out of ammunition oh okay so um then on armor attacks where the two kill number is listed as a as a blank just a double hyphen a natural two die roll is considered a track hit so that that vehicle then becomes immobilized for the rest of the scenario can still fire but it's immobilized and then they, I was surprised that they had overrun rules. So there are vehicle overrun rules um, and how you how you work with infantry that's in that hex. And it goes both ways. So the infantry can attack the vehicle and the vehicle can attack the infantry. And then there is a close combat. Now, did you say there was a close combat phase? Because again, I'm missing most of the most of the rules. I just had these couple pages. Yeah, yeah. I thought I'd do infantry and you could just yeah. kind of do vehicles. Um, yeah, the advance is the same phase as close combat. So okay. you do oh, the one move in and then you roll the combat, which was that chart that I accidentally showed. Uh, close combat chart, yes. Okay. It's very similar. Yeah. But you go straight at it. There's no half squatting someone if you get the number boom people are gone so gone okay i don't know is a vehicle similar then yes vehicle is gone and then there it leaves a wreck if a vehicle is destroyed it, you flip it over and it does give you the plus tem on it for other uh <coughs> excuse me to non-vehicle units in the hex um so they've They've covered a few of those interesting points without getting rid of them completely. There's no movement or stacking penalties for infantry or vehicles entering wreck hexes. Okay. Keep it simple. Uh, let's see. Then there's an ordinance, a couple of ordinance rules here. Guns are automatically manned by a crew counter. And if the crew is KIA, the gun may not be fired. There's no recovery of that. There are covered arcs, of course, for the guns and the tanks. So you have to pay attention to hex spines. Uh, and they can only fire stuff within their covered arc. There does, I, and again, I don't have the, the tables. It doesn't seem to be like you can't turn and fire. When do when do you turn? Is that during the movement phase? Do you know? Oh, um, yeah, there's yeah, you can whenever you shoot at a target, I think you can turn like in the prep fire, but you got to add those plus threes, plus twos. Okay. For the type of. Um, so that shows that in the movement section then. Yeah, it could. Um, yeah. The, you know, the, I know when the gun crew is destroyed and Dave and I were just do, kind of doing this captured artillery piece with a non-qualified crew. Right. <laughs> you know, right away, yeah. you're right in the rule book. And it's it kind of this reminds me of how I used to like to used to play a little like let's not do yeah. a lot of concealment counters, let's yes. not take prisoners. Yes, let's, right. Let's not, not try to stuff. man a gun with a hero. Right. Yes. Let's go look it up and yeah. So just yeah, your crew's dead. Okay, to, <laughs> then no one is going to fire the gun. Yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, the movement, the vehicles have hesitation also. Oh, um, they do, okay. But it's based off of if you see an enemy gun, mostly, yeah, or other 
probably other vehicle. I kind of forgot now. <laughs> I forgot to reread that part today. Um, but it, it's similar. Facing covered arc, yeah. Um, covered arc, let's see. Guns may not fire in any direction, but may only fire the direction it's pointing. Turrets may not turn independently. Oh, so they're just keeping, like, turn the whole vehicle. Oh, yeah, it loses a little bit of magic also. Though, it does, right? yeah. So... That was a little bit of my uh, impression of the whole thing, but I'm coming from knowing ASL and looking back on this. Right. Um, so I kept thinking, oh, that's you're you're losing that nice nuance of of all these things that you're leaving out. So to me, it's not as attractive. But I suppose if I was coming into it, that would be a completely different thing. And, and if that was you kind of. That was kind of what was talked about quite a bit on Board Game Geek. People, a lot of gamers were there saying, I own ASL. I've bought a lot of the modules and stuff. I've never had the guts to play or I've never had people to play with. Um, even people would say, I bought the starter kit rules and I read them and then I reread them and then I reread them and I still don't understand them. So they were very happy to have these retro rule sets. So yeah, you, you can make use of all the material components. Yeah. And I know, you know, as, as much as would I go back to this? No. Well, as I get older and forget more, will I end up playing this way, thinking I'm doing advanced choir leader? Probably. <laughs> right? Yeah, Dave, so your your very own retro rules. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, yeah. Let's just say that. Um, yeah. But it, again, it does. If you're not using your equipment, your your game components, your games, yeah, can't beat this. It's I, I, you know, don't want to turn against MMP or Avalon Hill or all our ASL friends. But right. if you're not using your stuff, you know, this is nice. And if you have a miniature set too of uh, squad level based uh, miniatures, and you haven't found a good set of rules to Use I can see this that is, for miniatures. Is, yeah, for, this is for solitaire you. play. They a lot of people mentioned, as I said before, uh, how good it is with solitaire play. They yeah. get it done. A lot and of guys talk about beer and pretzels. It's a beer and pretzels mm. game. Does it? I, let me ask you: Did this come with beer and pretzels? Mine, mine did. Yeah, John it said did. them. Yeah, nice. Beer was confiscated by the post office. Oh yeah. You know. uh, so why would somebody get the retro rules instead of starter kit? I think this, I'm guessing, I think John had said in his letter that it kind of came out of the squad leader players who didn't move to advance, but I, I don't remember. Okay. Honestly. Yeah. I'd have to look at that again as well. Yeah. I mean, it, and, and it does have night, uh, night rules that are against. Oh, sweet. And really? I know Jeff, you, you don't like a lot of complicated, um, Anything. conditions so there oh, yes. are none yeah, victory conditions there are none like that ever well ever. how do you play this how do you play do you, it does it come with scenarios or how do you yeah play? scenarios kind of go in a generic format so example like scenario retro a is counterattack. you pick a board you agree on it if you can't you dice it you pick a side it's six turns um and then you bid for the victory conditions. So kind of like I'll play the German defenders and I'll, I think I can hold four buildings by the end of six turns. 
And you could say, well, I'll play the German defenders and, and hold three buildings. And then we'd say, oh, well, I'm taking the bigger challenge for buildings to hold. So I would do that and you would get to attack. What if you pick a board that doesn't have any buildings? You have to. It does say you could, right. pick, you could pick board two or a building, oh. a board with so many buildings. Okay. So it gives suggestions for the boards that you use. I see. Yeah. Okay. And it, it does yes. list board two, of, you know, somewhere in that paragraph. And then the forces are just listed. And then it gives alternative attackers. So you want to play it with Americans attacking the Germans and say it's somewhere else in the war. Then just use this force at the bottom okay. instead of this force given in the scenario. Yeah. And so they're basic concepts, which are all in ASL. You know, I mean, it's in every war game. They're in every war. They're in every movie, right? Yes. Um, scenario B, escape. Scenario C, patrols. Scenario D, jungle, advance. Scenario E, armor, advance. F, deserts were on. I didn't really look at the desert rules, but they're in there. They're simple, you know. Um, Scenario G, last stand. Scenario H, urban assault. I, overwhelm and devastate. J, strike from the sky. They added some simplified paratrooper rules into this fifth edition. And K, wilderness clash. Um, and then some markers. You have to print, glue these markers down on tag board and cut them out and make your own counters for the halt. Uh, and a few other things. Okay, so that that's uh, for the hesitation rule. Is that it? And, and some basic stuff too. Yeah, debris yeah, okay. like you wouldn't have unless you had a bounding fire production kind of thing. So that's that's what retro is all about. You've heard about it. Ah, interesting. And uh, I'm just looking up here. Retro. You can well, you can look it up on board board game geek, or you can go to Minden underscore games i think that's where it is let me see yeah i put i'll put some links and i already did we'll put the link okay yeah great and then cool. next up is a present from kansas city asl march magnus pack i think it was 13 commissar pack i will do a deep dive takes about 15 18 minutes i think and that'll be the Sweet. show while you're doing that, I'm going to go to Bounding Fire Productions. Oh, yes. Buy something because I've got money burning a hole in my pocket. Indeed. And don't you hate it, Dave, when you've got money burning a hole in your pocket and you don't know what to do? You go to the bookstore and you're like, oh, I don't want any books. And you think of all the things that you could buy. I could buy a nice gift for my wife. No, no. I'm going to go to BoundingFireProductions.com and doggone it, I'm going to buy some ASL stuff. Yeah. Even if yeah. you already have all the ASL stuff, buy some more and send it to somebody that you love. Get a, get a, another gift. copy of Operation Neptune and send that out. Yeah. So. so go to Bounding Fire Production. Tell them Jeff and Dave sent you because it feels good. All right, everybody. Commissar back. ASL March Madness March. Of course. 2013. Of course, it was the month of March. It's March Madness. Commissars, we all love commissars, don't we? Let's look up rule 825.22. No, they don't have the DM on the troops they're with, and they can raise the morale, and they um, also tend to shoot people if they don't rally. So your squads get, is it step reduction? No, it's not. That's Japanese, is it? Um, 
half squatted automatically? No, I think it's the ELR reduction. I think each time they don't rally. And taking a look from the Kansas City guys, MM25, futile bravery. The scenario, those eight turns, features a bunch of Germans here, but like 15 squads and the usual stuff, and then some tanks coming on, Panthers, twos and threes. This is 1941 in Smolensk, Russia. But your commissars appear down here on the Russian side, of course, and they end up with these NKVD troops that follow the rules from the um, Valor of the Guards. And the cool thing in the special rules are that those troops can then lead um, human wave attacks. Okay. And the board, something like this, for you people watching on YouTube, as I'm sharing, this is from the ASL archive. Our friends over there, and uh, you can see there's lots of rubble placed all over the board, and the canal is an embanked railroad on board 23. And it's got three boards, board eight and board 60 there along the bottom. And there are no hills on board eight. So you can see on this version, it's from Vassal, I guess. With the modifications on it, there's the railroad bridge. And the Germans had come on. They can set up with a bridgehead on with the nine hexes of the board eight end of the bridge there. That could put them on a little bit on board 23, a bridgehead, and then back on board 60 and on the bridge. And then the Russians set up with 18 squads and the usual stuff around um, 23 or oh, board eight or 23 greater than or equal to 10 hexes away from the bridge. So they're just outside of the uh, bridgehead and so on. And then they get 25 conscript squads coming on with those six half squad NKBD that can, and six T26S M37 tanks coming on. So it's a great, looks like a great little action. Eight turn seems a little short for me. Your commissars can be rallying up people and uh, I guess leading the, human wave attacks, but you also have the NKVD troops, which gives that a unique flavor. It's MM25. Next up, MM26, Gallant Mogilev. This takes place, of course, in Russia, 1941. The troops, you have a bunch of Russians. Oh, 23 or something squads, the two commissars, 10-0 and a 9-0, some other leaders, assortment of, of stuff and a lot of fortifications, two roadblocks, six trenches, a couple fortified buildings, eight wire, and 24 factors of, of mines. And then the Germans come on at the bottom of the board with 20 squads and a infantry gun and a KFZ, I guess, towing it and a couple DC, but they have a radio with 150 OBA, high explosives and smoke. You look, if you look at the board here, if I show oh, this, both of these last ones, M25 and M26, were rated pretty equal on roar. 
with I think like four to five, uh, four wins and uh, for each side, or five for one side on feudal bravery, and then this one MM twenty six looked like it was like six Russian and seven German or vice versa, and the Germans entered under the bottom. The Russians set up north of CC. So you're going to be pushing your way up north along the city toward 65 and 64. And then the bridge crosses um, about, what is that, a little over halfway, three quarters way up the board. And the Russians cannot fortify near the end of the bridge on that other side. The Germans wouldn't if they control the bridge locations. So yeah. They're just coming all the way up and going to take the bridge. MM27, Odessa Madness, Odessa Madness. This one sets up on three boards, 13, 12, 33, nine turns, lots of squads. Again, the um, Russians have, it's like about 20 plus squads and they're all dug in. They got pillboxes, trench. Foxholes, fortified building locations, six of them, 12 wire, 24 AP mines, some dummy mines, which are a nice little touch. Don't see those a whole lot. And they have commissar wise, it looks like two eight O's. Is that right? Or you can upgrade, I guess, on this one. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you'd have to do that. This is taking place around Odessa and Vakarsani village. The board looks like this. Again, if you're watching on YouTube, see the village is in the center of the board 12. And then the Romanians were initially doing the assault. There's 20 of them and they have 10 foxholes. They were getting kind of stuck trying to get into this village. And there are anti-tank ditches. All the gullies on board 12 are now anti-tank ditches. The Romanians set up, it has to be uh, hexes, three or more on both the left board and the right side board, which has a lot of open ground out there on, what is that one, uh, 33. And then the Germans coming to save the day, um, enter north or south. And they got 170 millimeter. No, they don't. Radio on this one? Yeah. Germans have the radio. Russians also can get two tunnels without forfeiting building, forfeit building locations. Russians make forfeit maximum of one. They have access to an additional tunnel. All the minefields set up as known minefields. So that looks pretty good. Uh, to win the, the Germans, Romanians win if they control all locations of the fanatic strong point. So again, this will use some of the rules from Battle of the Guards. It's a good way to get introduced to those slowly if you haven't played a lot of Valor of the Guards. Odessa Madness. M28, Sanda Commando Benesh. Wonder what Benesh means. Guess I could Google it. This is Estonia, and it's an island. Isn't this cool? So there is a commissar helping to hold the island. It has a pillbox, three trenches, six wire, eight Russian squads with some reinforcements starting down from the top, the north, a couple squads. 
And then there's some Germans, really only five squads. Germans went immediately if they exit greater than or equal to 10 points off the north edge. They do have a 10 neg two, a nine neg one, an eight oh. Flamethrower and two DC, so maybe that'll help them. But the Germans are commandos. And the 838's also an assault engineer and sapper. Take a look at the or none of the terrain exists on either side of the two rivers. So you're putting board seven and 40 together and you get a cool looking board. It's this big oblong island through the center there. Again, on YouTube, you can see it, I think, if I'm sharing correctly. And the Germans got to exit, it says the north, X road G, O. Oh. Yep, this board is cut off at G, it looks like. So, uh, also the hexes next to the island are affordable. Maybe you can get sneaking around through those islands on the left side of board seven because the um, islands are still there. A short, quick little game. Could be looks real fun. Play it a couple times. On Roar, it is under Commando. Looking like it's four German victories to seven Russians. So tough for the German. Maybe throw them the balance, which make the 838 fanatic. That might help them to get off. Still, that's only two points if he gets off. By the way, this um, pack is developed by Dan Best, Tom Meyer. Rick Reinish and Paul Works, very famous names there. Playtest coordinator Dan Best. Playtesters were Adams, Biss, Fisher, Moreski, Bradshaw, other best. Works, Austin Meyer, Hershey, Bowman, and Martin. Layout by Rick Reinish and proofing by Paul Works, Dan Best, Rick Reinish, and Tom Meyer. So, Commissar Pack. MM29 Sorve Point or Sorve Point or something like that, taking place in uh, the peninsula on Sarah Island, Estonia, 1941. The uh, Germans or uh, the Russians have fallen back into this peninsula. And the Germans are coming on to assault this heavily fortified isthmus. The uh, Russians have it's like 15 squads or so hunked out there. They got the eight up one commissar in the setup. And then lots of fortifications down here. Again, three pillboxes, eight trenches, five holes wire. The board is cool. Again, it's got the whole um, water thing showing. Doesn't have many playings on roar. You can see here board seven and 61, all the hexes uh, on the left side of the river are water and it's no current, it's deep. There are affordable hexes again, adjacent to the land there. And the Germans come in there with 15 squads and just machine guns, a couple DCs to try and take the hill hexes. Officially, they can control greater than or equal to nine level two hill hexes south of Q. And the Russians set up south of Q. Oh, and that's a marsh over there guarding the flank of those mountains. So 
The Russians get 120 OBA, and that should be quite helpful. Germans get a module of 105 OBA from an off-board observer also. So I don't have all that going on in this one. And M30, Frozen Zvod, Russia, 1942, is it? Yes. Russians got the eight plus one commissar again there and options. They have what 16 plus 24. Y'all know my math is so good. Um, that, look at this, just look at this thing. Okay, nine turns, these three boards, eight, three, seven. Germans are setting up on this. Well, it looks like an isthmus again, but it but it's not. You share the screen uh, if you're at home and listening. Board eight has like the river and seven. And so the middle is board three, is that? And the Germans set up anywhere in the center area. This is ice rules. This is no wind. This is snow. This is deep snow. This is extreme winter and night rules. So I know it's only got like two planes on roar and they went to the German. So I think there's a lot of Russians to be stopping coming in there, but the Russians need to control greater than or equal to 30 buildings within the German setup area at game end. And it is nighttime. Germans are defender. Both sides have winter camo. And again, it's ice. So the Russians can come in all four sides of this thing if they want. MM31, Sevastopol by sea. June 42, the Russians have 14 squads and then eight half squads lined out there. An eight plus one commissar, um, machine guns, mortars, trenches and foxholes are trying to hold this hill. And the Germans are coming in by, by boat, assault boat, 20 of them for their 19 squads plus and the, it is a night game. So it only has a few planes again, and the Russians won twice on Roar. The, historically, the Germans got in there easily and drove them off the hill. Base night range is five, the river's deep, no current. And again, on board eight and board 58, on board eight, the river, see if I can share screen again and the hexes north of the river don't exist. So again, you have this kind of coast, coastal thing going and Russians are the defender and they got to set up on the Russians on the hill. Germans are stealthy also coming in. So quite a unique setup there, no OBA in this one. Last scenario up, Winter Forest, MM32. I always liked that earlier partisans in the forest uh, from the partisan game and the Germans are attacking. They have to like get out of there or fight. Always love that one. This one looks just as fun, more fun actually. The Germans coming on though. Okay, it's, it's the forest. It's these two boards, it's three boards, 37, 34, 52. There are almost 30 squads of partisans and they are all held up here in the forest. They have a bunch of pillboxes and stuff. This is only one-to-one -one rating on Roar, but the map on the ASL Scenario Archive gives you an idea here. The um, 
partisans have 10 pillboxes that are all linked by trenches. I think they have to be kind of circled up from the rule here. They have to be accessible. 11 wire counters. A mortar can only be fired by this little 127 crew. Must represent something historically there. Uh, the, the partisan camp. Then the Germans historically attacked north and south and the partisans didn't seem to know the northern force was so large. The Germans coming in here, okay, well, first of all, it's snow, no wind, ice rules, and deep snow, and extreme winter. Forest rules are in effect. No paths or roads exist. And then the um, Soviets are partisans. They do have the commissar with them, the description background said that there was a active partisan detachment led by a specially trained commissar and the Germans coming in have winter camo ski equipped 548s or snaps sappers they're snappy sappers let me tell you and the they got 30 dudes no I'm sorry 20 yeah they got 30 dudes also coming in basically and Two small modules. Uh, looks like the German may pre-register one hex and may use barrage for a 75 millimeter module. The other's a battalion mortar. Germans are also ski equipped. So they uh, came on historically too light to make any dent in the uh, mines and the frozen ground gave them an advantage also. Took away an advantage that the as might normally have. That's great. Nine turns, and that wraps up Commissar Pack. Get yours today. Yeah, thanks, Dave, for that uh, deep dive. That was good. Uh, looks like some good. Gotta love your commissars. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Indeed. And thanks to Dave Moreski over there at uh, at Kansas City ASL, and uh, that'll be a show. Yeah, sweet. Let everybody go Super. now. All right, everybody. Well, thanks for joining us. And we hope that you had a good time with this show. We got another show coming up in about two weeks. They just keep on coming. All right. We'll talk to everyone later. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. Remember to roll low. And rally well. But But not not when when you're playing playing us. us. No. No, sir. All right. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody.